Welcome to Go Simcha, the podcast that takes you on an in-depth approach to the Jewish music, entertainment, and Simcha world. Now, here's your host, Zisha Littman. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Go Simple, the podcast. We had so much fun recording the episode, um, but it couldn't have been done without the help of our sponsor, Karen Simchas and Vikalis. We're going to take a minute to hear a little bit more about them. The following episode of Go Simple the Podcast is proudly sponsored by Karen Simchas Chassan Vikala. Karen Simchas Chassan Vikala was founded over 25 years ago and is based in Brooklyn, New York. KSCVK helps widows, orphans, and people who are in dire need of marrying off a child. Working through their network of vendors, KSCVK ensures that every wedding is just as special as the next. Run by world-renowned party planner Devorah Benjamin, KSCVK takes care that each wedding is as elegant as the next one, ensuring dignity and class through every wedding that they put on. To donate to KSCVK, Please visit their website, kscvk.org, today. That's kscvk.org, and help make someone's wedding special. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Ghost Simcha, the podcast. Uh, we have been off for about two weeks now. It's kind of, it was kind of sad, you know, but it was also kind of exciting because it was Yom Tov, it was Sukkot, and everything like that. But we're back in full swing now here with episode 12. And today, I know I always say we have a very special guest on the show, but this lady is a very, very special guest. Her name has been mentioned pretty much in every single episode we've done so far. And now we're going to get to meet her on the show and talk a little bit more about her. Welcome to the show, Miriam Israeli. How are you? Thank you. I'm fine. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm very flattered. Sure, my pleasure. I mean, listen, you you get you get sh- you get a shout out every single episode, every every eleven ep- all the all eleven episodes we've done so far, you've gotten a shout out, um, because the nature of what you do for a living, and so that's what I want to talk to you about. So, Miriam, thank you. I appreciate it, and I'd like you know at this point to say thank you to all the all the people that have mentioned my name. Uh, I really appreciate <laughs> that. I think it's really nice of them. No, for sure. Listen, you know, you got to give credit where credit is due. So, Miriam, from what I understand, you are the lyricist. You are the woman behind all the magic, all the music that pretty much all these guys are singing and writing and and performing. And it's really awesome to be like how to be that person. So, how did you get into this? How did you get into um, writing music? Um, so really I've been writing rhymes since I'm 11. Um, nice. the person that kind of revealed, you know, helped me make that discovery was my sixth grade teacher, Mrs. Perry Hecht, who uh, taught us poetry and then had us write a poem. And then I discovered that was something that I could do. Um, so I continued writing rhymes, you know, from, you know, from when I was 11 till when I was 14. When I was 14, I was in BYA High School, and um, I found two girls next to the piano singing a song, and I said, and I went over to ask them, where's this song from? It's really nice. And one of them said, well, I composed it. And then something seemed to click in my brain or in my soul, mm-hmm. and I, I kind of like subconsciously like, oh, wow, people make up songs. I think I can do that. <laughs> and I started composing melodies. That was when I put the two together. So I'm writing songs since I'm 14. That's close to 40 years. Wow. Give away on my age. Wow. Um, and for many, many years, I was basically writing for girls and women. There were certain songs that had international appeal. The main one was Ima Tagidili, which mm-hmm. is a song about Shabbos candlelighting, and that really unites women and girls around the world. It's a song I've sung with um, audiences uh, around the world. Um, 
and uh, for many years I, I very much wanted to to write songs for for singers, but somehow that door seemed to be uh, closed. Um, it's a very interesting story how how that occurred. Um, That's what we're all about, about over 20, here. Interesting yeah, stories. So, interesting story. So about 20 years ago, I very much wanted to produce an album with my songs. I had a girls' choir at the time. I was not yet singing. I wanted to record my choir, and I felt it would be proper to to ask a Shaila a halachic um, question because uh, women singing is, is an issue in halacha. I'm going to record girls to make sure it's done above board in the way it should be done. So we asked Ashaila and we got a no. Okay. <laughs> Please don't record. It's, it's a very, it's, it's not the usual answer, but this was, I ended up getting sent to Rev Osner's based and to ask this was the, the, hmm. the psak I got. Um, the halach decision, and it was a little bit difficult for me to accept that. But you know, we're Jews, and we do we do what we're supposed to do. And then someone had an idea—I don't know who it was—to do the CD with um, with men singing. Because what I wanted to get out there with my songs—that was the main thing. Uh-huh. So we did an album called Ima Tzigidili. Um and about ten years later, I got the itch again. So we did another album on which I was directed to a young composer and singer. I was looking for singers, and one of the girls in my choir said, well, I have a cousin who sings. His name is Ari Goldwag. <laughs> um, I said, okay, I'll, yeah, I'll contact him. And Ari sang three of the songs on my album. He later included them on his English collection. Um, and, um, and then when, when Ari was commissioned to write a song in Hebrew, um, he remembered that, you know, when he ca- came to the lyrics, he needed some help because he's American. And he remembered that there's this woman named Miriam Israeli who writes Hebrew songs but speaks English. And he contacted me to help him with that song. And that song turned out to be Yeshtikva. Wow. Yeah. And that was like well, a, a total, like, turnaround in my career. You know, after Yeshtikva came Zahakatan for Yaakov Shweki. Wow. And then came Toda, and, and then came the flood. <laughs> well, there you go. That's really yeah. cool. Yeah, Ari yeah, was a guest on really our show. <laughs> he, he, was, he was a guest on our show, and he, he made mention of your name when we were talking about Yesh Tikva. Wow. Wowie wee wow. That's really cool. Yeah. So, yeah. so it all started from, from that. that do, you, do, you, do you ever feel like you, you want to still try to record the girl, like get in a studio that is run by a woman and actually record that, that original album like you wanted to, or you're just you're so busy dealing with all this stuff now. No, it was really about getting my songs out. I have no interest in, no interest in certainly not recording a choir and it would be maybe nice to um, put out an album with me singing, but, Mm. um, but, but that's not an option. It's something I don't do. Okay. Um, So, and, and I feel like, you know what, had I done that, then I I mean, I know women's albums would have been out there to some extent, but what I do now is so much more is so much more what I wanted to do, which was really to share my songs with the world everywhere. That's great. And um, you know, when I have the singers that are doing my songs, they they, they really get out there. It's yeah. so much more effective. For sure. I mean it, it, for sure. What like I one hundred percent. That's really cool. So who else have you worked with? Who who else have you written music for? 
Well, it's a long, long list. (laughs) Um, I mean, the people that are the best known, I guess, are, again, Yaakov Shweki and Benny Friedman, Mordechai Shapiro, Shlomi Gertner. Um, You're naming all my my guests. Yeah. You're just naming all my guests. (laughs) There's so many more. There's, you know, I I feel like there's already the video we do Halavai, which is, you know, a big hit. And and, and there's so many singers that, like, I I don't want to leave anyone out. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I, there's no way I can name them all because I've right. written probably you know 60 or 70 songs in the last few years so there's no way I can <laughs> get right. to the entire list without boring your listeners to death no it's, it's no worries so speaking <laughs> of our listeners actually when we mentioned we were having you on the show people were very excited because they know your music they mm-hmm. know your lyrics and they want to know how does it work people want to, we all want to know how does it work like when you're sitting there writing the song like how do you know you, you how do you know what what it sounds you sing it to yourself and how do you convey that over to let's say our Goldwag or Slimmy Gartner or someone who's who's commissioning you to write a song how do you convey it over to them without because generally when you're writing music you you write you play it you sing it you to try to get what's right I happen to be a musician myself um, I oh. play yeah I play guitar drum saxophone piano um, I used to oh, write wow. music when I was in high school but I found it quite boring that's just me okay to each his own to each their own exactly but no that's my question is how do you, how do you do it how do you get that message out how do you like give it over so first of all i mean i do compose but when, when i'm working with the singers i work with other composers because mm-hmm. it's it's much simpler because i, I don't want to record myself singing it becomes right. very complicated right especially since i don't play so right um so i work with other composers mainly with hitsy waldner oh. um um, so it's a very important name and what I've done because he's, he's been part of, I think, probably 70 or 80 percent of the work that I've done. Um, usually I'm presented with a concept and a melody. That's usually not always, but uh, that's usually. And then um, uh, and then I, I, I try to express whatever whatever sentiments, whatever message. Um, my clients would like to convey. Sometimes it's easier, sometimes it's harder. Um, so that, like, I wrote a draft, and, and that's it. And I never heard anything from anyone again. It's the way I wrote it. That was the way it was recorded. That's the way it's out there. Um, nice. Ivri Anochi, I, you know, I must have done, like, ten different drafts. The Hakatan, <laughs> I did, I think, five different drafts. So, and the rest are somewhere in between. There's usually some revising. Um mm-hmm. But basically, that's how it works. I get a concept and a melody. Sometimes, you know, I'm asked to provide a concept. Sometimes I'm asked to write lyrics, and then and then the melody is written. So it's it's not set in stone. That's very cool. Yeah, I've always wondered how would that how would that go about since you can't really sing it to to the people you're commissioned to write it for. Wow, that's right. pretty cool. So I guess yeah, something. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes yeah. there's the something that I just write out of inspiration, like out of nowhere. And then I, I, you know, I pitch it to someone. The two two examples of that are Mamin Benisim that Yaakov Shweki sings, and Mahar by Mordechai Shapiro. Those I just wrote. I, I, you know, that's what you call, I guess, inspiration. Nice. And uh, they picked up on that. That that was a very good song, very popular song. Mordechai is supposed to come on our show within the next couple of weeks too. I'll mention I'll mention this, but uh-huh. yeah, that's really cool. So some yeah. stuff just comes out of inspiration to you. Do these guys are they are they do they actually write anything themselves or that's what I'm saying like they they come to you because they they just they know what they know best how to sing. And um, guys, 
whoever writes for themselves completely writes for themselves. But sometimes I get, you know, some input. Yitzi, when he's composing, he often has, you know, a line or two or sometimes even a hook. Um, Ari also writes, so we've kind of, you know, collaborated on, on, on different, on different songs. You know, sometimes there's, there's nothing. <laughs> and sometimes there's a couple of lines or a hook and then, um, and then I kind of, you know, complete the job. Really depends, you know, who I'm working with. Cool. Very yeah. cool. I mean, it seems like, yeah. it seems like such a cool job within such a niche market when you're dealing with, I mean, if you think about the, the firm music world and the firm music industry, isn't that large compared to our, our, our non-Jewish, our non-Jewish friends over there in the, in the music industry, but it must be really Definitely. cool. To, it must be really cool to be like, to have gotten done what you want to do and get into this world and see the fruits of your labor pay off when, when you see on YouTube and you see on like, and see on these albums being sold and see on YouTube, all the vi- the hits of the videos and people are just like loving them and singing them. Like my kids run around and they sing like all these songs. Like I keep my, my kids are always singing to in the schools. Like they play Toda. My kids come home and they say, Toda lecha, Toda lecha, Toda lecha. and they're all mm-hmm. saying all like, it must give you such nachas when you hear, whenever you hear these songs, it must give you such nachas and such a joy that you, it does. You ha- it does. It really a- does. I-, I remember the first time that a song of mine was sung was many, many years ago. Yeah. Um, I had, you know, composed actually a song and then uh, it was sung by a choir in one of the schools and seeing, you know, I, and I don't play, I used to play a bit of guitar, but basically I don't play. So hearing a group of girls sing a song that I had composed with music, it was, it was really like, uh, you know, it was, it was, it was just paradise. It was such a feeling of deep joy that, you know, I remember it until today. And this is going back um, at least, you know, 30 years, more than 30 years. And I'm doubly blessed because besides for writing, I also sing and I sing around the yeah. world. So I, I really, I see it happening. Like I'm singing these songs, um, the ones that I, I wrote for, for different singers and, and when I'm with an audience in, in whichever country it may be and mm-hmm. seeing that they know my songs and, and we can share that, it's an amazing feeling. It's like yeah. having friends and family all over. That's very cool. So, so, now, so now you mentioned that you are a singer yourself. You go on tour and you go out there and you, and you sing the song, your songs. Um, when, when you go out there and you're traveling around, like let's say you start singing Ish Tikva or one of the songs you wrote, people, what, what is people's reaction? They're like, whoa, right? They're probably just like, whoa. <laughs> It's like, whoa. And the, the, the comment that I get after I tell them, you know, many people come over to me after concerts and say, did you really write? You know, yes, take forever, you know, for mom and Benissimo, whatever it is. And I always have this, this, mis- this, like, this naughty temptation to say, no, I lied. But yeah. <laughs> you know, um, that's kind of the reaction. They like sort of can't believe it. I don't know. I guess people, when I was a kid, I remember I used to listen to music a lot. There wasn't much Jewish music, but I listened, yeah. used to listen to, you know, Toronto Pierre and London Pierre And uh, I used to read the flats. And I remember reading again and again um, about an 11-year-old boy who composed the Akumkorkan on London Pierre And then in Toronto Pierre there were two young composers, and I'd read it again and again. It was like, wow, songs came from somewhere. And someone composed them. It didn't occur to me that I would do that, but it hit me somewhere inside. And I still remember one of the albums had a picture of a young, you know, Bacher who composed songs on the album, and his name was Yerachmiel Bagan. Well, I'll be. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. His so, name sounds familiar. Uh, mm-hmm. 
So it never occurred to me that I would be one of the people, it, you know, it's not either composing or writing. It's a tr- tremendous gift. It's cool. It's very, very cool. So about your singing, about your, like, what do you, how do you, what do you do? You get people book you and they fly you out all, I'm a, I'm, I know you're based in Israel as am I. Right. So where do you, where are you based out of? Where's your office, your studio? Where's, where's the magic happen? So I don't have an office and I don't have a studio and the magic of writing, I mean, if you know, I don't know if you're talking about singing, but the magic of writing actually happens everywhere. Um, the final draft of Ivri Anochi I did uh, actually in my Makolet, my local grocery. I was hashing and rehashing that song, and wow. and Benny knows what he wants, and, and he knows what works. Right. Um, so he didn't let up, and and the final draft just came to me as I was, you know, making my purchases in the Makolet, you know, the bread and milk and yogurt. <laughs> the guy's probably and, looking at uh, you like, what is this lady doing? Like, what is this lady doing? <laughs> <laughs> and um, you know, a lot of songs happen actually at the bus stop because I, uh, I actually I go to the gym a few times a week, and it takes me a while to get there with the bus, so I use that time. Um, I think Aish happened because like it's Aish happened like that, and One Heart for cool. uh, for Yaakov happened like that. And sometimes, um, you know, I was uh, actually recently I was being I was part of a panel and. I was on stage and the panel was repeating itself. So I already knew what the other panelists were saying. <laughs> so as they were talking, uh, I worked on a song and I actually finished it. You know, no one could see anything. I was sitting on stage looking, you know, very attentive. But so awesome. meanwhile, I wrote a song. So, so that magic happens everywhere. <laughs> that's awesome. So, yeah. no, so, so you live in Yushalayim? You got your, you, you basically, you're based in Yushalayim or? Somewhere else throughout. I live in Yerushalayim, yeah, in okay. Romema, and um, but I get around everywhere. I've been, you know, I've been in Europe, I've been in the states and Canada, uh, I've been in Russia. Cool. And um, and I'm, I still have eyes on, you know, the places that I haven't been. I ha- I love to travel. Um, besides that, I love to sing. I love to travel, so I'm very grateful that I get this opportunity. Otherwise, it wouldn't happen. My husband is in Kolo. And uh, <laughs> I guess I'm not really, I don't fit into the world traveler kind of person. So uh, I, I'm very lucky. I'm doubly and triply and quadruply blessed to, to be in the profession I'm in. It offers me so many opportunities. So, so, you, so back to your, your singing career. We, we now, mm-hmm. now we know how it all works when it comes to your writing career. Back to your singing mm-hmm. career. So how does that work? People, people are, they, they hear about you and they fly you in and you give concerts to, to women and girls in different venues. And how, how, how big do these venues generally get? How packed do these venues usually get when you're flown out somewhere? It, because, to, um, because people know you. People know your music and people know who you are. And to fly you out, it must be it must be a pretty big event. Um, so actually, most of the events that I've done, and most of the events that I do here in Israel, most of them are not such huge events. <laughs> um, I've done also a lot of schools camps. I've done uh, tzedakah affairs, um, which, um, like in Europe, where also the communities are not are not that large. So even if the whole community turns up, it's right. not necessarily a large venue. Um, I actually, I, I think all in all, I prefer to do the smaller venues most of the time because I see the audience and they see me, uh, it would be lovely to do like, you know, a really major concert. I went to, to watch, um, to, to watch Yaakov Shoki and, and Morty Shapiro 
here in Israel, in Yerushalayim, and I was thinking it would be fun to be on that kind of stage once in a while. So if anyone out there is hearing it, uh, we could do a great event for women. Um, but uh, it's not necessarily large venues. It's just it's just very widespread in a lot of different places. And it's, what I find amazing is that really women all over, you know, we, we so share a common thread. Going back to my song, Ima Tagidili, which I wrote um, close to 30 years ago when my oldest daughter was born. And it's a song about a mother and a daughter, and I wrote it when my daughter was born. That is a song I've sung throughout the world with audiences of, of different, you know, shape, color, and size, and everybody connects. I find, I find that's the most amazing part that's of great. performing the, the connection, the emotional connection yeah, I was about uh, to say. that we share. I was about to say that and when you do these smaller events, when you're doing these like type of events, it's more intimate and people are able to connect with you. You're able to connect with the audience more on a personal level and they're able to connect with you and feel your music and, and really make an imp- You're able to make an impact on them with your music. I, right. feel, like, I right. feel like that's right. the beauty of doing these types of things, these types of smaller events, especially since you're in, again, you're in like a niche market with it, which is like super niche because you're dealing only with women. And it must be very, it must be very cool to come off, uh, come off the stage afterwards and say, "Wow, I was really must be on people. I really had an impact on them." And, and you never know what could happen from that because you said you do concerts of people all, all, all walks of Jewish life. So you never know what could happen from that concert. Right. I recently um, did a concert in Beitar, cool. and there was a young singer there performing. And she came over to me and she said, uh, "Miri, here in Israel, I'm called Miri." Mm. Uh, she says, um, I know you, we met. I said, we did. <laughs> I didn't remember her. She says, you don't, you don't remember, but you were in Moscow 10 years ago and, and you came to sing and you sang Ima Tagidili. And uh, I was in that choir that joined you in singing Ima Tagidili. It was the, the, the local government funded Jewish choir called Ilanit. And she said, and, and since then I've, you know, I've become a Balashiva and I, I live a, a Torah life and, you are one of the factors that, you know, influenced me uh, to go in that direction. I, I found that very humbling, actually, to be wow. part of something, something so major. And, you know, and as far as my writing is concerned, I get a lot of, I mean, yes, Tikvan, Mamin, Benisim, so many people have approached me and told them that that gives them strength. Um, and Machar, Halavai, all these songs that, you know, express optimism, I think, you know, they really... They bring joy to people and, and, and strength. And, and I think the singers also that commissioned me to write, I think that they, uh, and I've said this before, I, I've mentioned this in an interview with Mishpacha um, Magazine, I think the singers are amazing. They're sincere and they really want to bring a great message out there. It's not just commercial, you know. We right. all are to some extent commercial, but that's because we, we'd like it to work. We'd like the message to come across. So right. in order for that to happen, we need to be commercial. We need to have something that, you know, that people can relate to in every way. But uh, there's, there's a lot of sincerity and a lot of idealism involved. That's amazing. As well. so, yeah. so if someone wants to book you for an event, if someone wants to bring you in, how do they get in touch with you? Um, it's very simple. <laughs> they call me or they email me. I'm very accessible. I do not have a manager. I am my own manager. That's great. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's really not, not hard to get a hold of me. Um, it's very direct. 
That's very cool. Um, yeah, we'll definitely, I mean, after in the, in the in the in the show description, we'll definitely put ways to, a way to contact you so that people, if anybody's interested in hiring out Miriam to come and do a concert performing event, both in Israel, abroad, anywhere, you'll be able to contact her and book her for your next event, which would be pretty cool. Um, that would be great. I'd love that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so, out of all the music you've written all the music you compose, all the events you've done personally for yourself and all the concerts that you've attended for hearing your songs. What's your favorite, what was probably, what's your favorite moment of all that? Like what was your, what, what was something that was very memorable to you? Um, so actually I think the most memorable, I've had so many moments and, and I'm <laughs> sure that the singers that I work with can, can tell you the same. I know that uh, at the time I, I emailed both, um, um, Benny and Yaakov about, you know, Yestiklamam and Vinny Sim and the feedback that I got, and they both said, yeah, well, we get it too. Um, <laughs> but actually, <laughs> I think if I had to choose a moment, uh, it would be, it would be concerning that song that I wrote so many years ago, and that's Ima Tadidili. Uh, I sang it here in Israel, uh, at one uh, event in Binyane Haomaf. It was for like 3,000 people. Wow. And afterwards, I received a call um, from uh, a young woman who said, um, "You're, you know, you sang Ima Tagitili. I have a sister. She said in rehab. You know, she's like very severely addicted to, to drugs, and she's in rehab. And um, we'd like to give her some, you know, music to listen to. Do you have a recording of of that song and maybe other songs?" And I said, sure, no problem, you know, come over or whatever. And uh, a couple of days later, I get a knock on the door, and there are a man and a woman. The father and mother of this young girl came to me and and asked me for, for the song and other songs, which I gladly provided. And then I lost track of them. And about a few years later, I was sorry because I remembered this young girl, and I wanted to know what happened to her. A few years later, I received a LinkedIn invitation uh, from this woman, hi, I'm the mother of the girl in rehab. Uh, can we connect? And I was shocked because I didn't know how to find her. And she told me the whole story. She said she had been at my show and she heard me singing and she heard Ima Tagidili. And she remembered how she used to play that song for her daughter um, so many years ago when her daughter was a little girl and things were so different. And she started to cry and she just couldn't stop crying. And when she went to visit her daughter in rehab a few days later, and she knew the situation was critical because her daughter had escaped from rehab twice. Oh. And she was in, intending to escape again. She was brought back forcibly. And she said, I knew that if my daughter would leave rehab, she would die because she was so addicted to crystal and meth. And I didn't know what I would say to her to keep her in rehab. So I just told her the story of how I had been at this show and I heard Ima Tagidili and I remembered our times together when you were a little girl. And this young woman who was so hardened and, and so shut down burst into tears. And the mother said that was she had never seen her cry at all in, in recent times. And after the tears dried, she told her mother, okay, Ima, I'll stay. And wow. she stayed in rehab. And um, a little while later, I um, after I had heard this story, I attended her wedding. Wow. So that, I think, was the most amazing thing that happened. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Wow. That, you know, every, everybody who comes on our show, I always leave feeling more inspired than, 
more inspired every sing- with every single episode we do. But wow, that was just that that's just real. That's just amazing. I I, I I'm I'm speechless. That's wow. Yeah, well, I, I am too, and I've had other stories where people have said how how some of some of my songs have affected their life choices, you know, and major life choices. So it's the position of, you know, tremendous responsibility, and I also feel like it's you know it's really such a tremendous gift, and uh, yeah. it's very humbling because to have that kind of influence on people, uh, you know, music, it's uh, it's, music it's really is a powerful tool. Yeah. Yeah. Music is a, from a Torah perspective, music is a very, very powerful tool. It's a very powerful klipa. And right. it, it, can do, it can do tremendous good and it can do tremendous harm. And I think, I mean, I think your music is doing, whether it's being sung by you or being sung by some of the, the people that you work with and things like that, it seems to be that you're, you're doing, it's doing its work pretty, pretty well. Um, and you keep mentioning the song Ima Tagidli, and it seems like this was like your favorite song. Like you, it seems like this is the song, like your your song, like your favorite song that you've ever really put out there. And it seems like this is the one that's most the closest to you, and you feel like a very big connection to it, as you mentioned before. But it seems like there's more to it than just that. Like, is there? Um. Well, actually, I don't know if it's, it certainly wasn't my favorite song. It's just the song that has made the greatest impact. It was, it's the song that was my trademark. Right. I have a friend that, you know, like some of my friends introduced me like that. You know, hi, this is Mermaid Do <laughs> you know the song, Ima Tagidili? You know, that's, that's, the, that's the introduction. Wow. <laughs> um, so, um, you know, but favorite when I wrote song, it, actually, I, I, you know, my, my, my baby daughter was two months old and I remember you know, sitting like with my baby in my arms and, and writing the song. It was the second song that I was writing in Hebrew. Um, I was not yet proficient at writing Hebrew. So I felt, you know, it was, it was difficult. And, and with the melody, I also didn't feel inspired. So I really worked hard on that song, you know, with blood, sweat and tears. And when I finished, I really wasn't so pleased with the results, but that's what there was. I had been commissioned to write and for BJJ and, and that was it. So I sent off the song with, feelings of you know great trepidation and a bit of maybe even shame because I, I was I felt ashamed that what I, I was afraid it wasn't good enough <laughs> and uh, when they contacted me to thank me for the song and say how beautiful it is I actually I didn't believe them but I politely said thank you That's fine. and when I attended the performance I, I was I, I was like hey this is not so bad you know something's mm-hmm. happening here but That's if anyone fun. would have told me that what what impact this song would have and that you know, close to 30 years later, there isn't a school or a camp, um, I think, in the world that hasn't touched upon this song. And, you know, in, in Israel, too, it starts in, in the Gan. They, they sing it at, you know, the end of the year graduation and goes up throughout, you know, 12th grade. Um, I would never have believed that this, that this could have happened. That's awesome. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> so, so then what's your, what's your favorite song that you've either performed for your audiences or if you or you've written what's your favorite song um it's it's really hard to say because you know because i've written so many songs i mean for a time there was a song that uh that i thought was my my best song it's called hakotel and it's on my my first album um and it's about the kotel 
I think it's it's really a beautiful song. And I have a song, Yerushalayim, which is on my second album, which I also really love. But the songs that I love the most are not necessarily the ones that have the most um, commercial or uh, international appeal. They're just my favorites because, I guess, there's a certain style of music that I like and that I connect to. And it's not necessarily commercial. I like the very melodious, sweet, you know, you know, the style that was, that has come become a little bit outdated actually, but I'm still there. Mm. Um, so my favorites are, you know, maybe Yerushalayim and Hakoto. Also because I really, really, really love Israel. Um, so anything that's about Israel is automatically, you know, I, I feel very connected to. I also have a song called Take Me Home, mm. sung by Ari Goldwag on his English collection, besides on, on my album. Huh. And I love that one too. I'm going to listen to that one. I've never, I don't think I've ever heard that one by Ari, but I'm going to listen to that. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. That is really, really yeah. cool. So what yeah. advice would you give other, other up and coming female artists in the Jewish, in the Jewish world or musicians in general, anybody who's in this, in this industry, up and coming artists or songwriters, composers, what kind of advice can kind of a seasoned veteran like yourself give over that could help with people who are trying to, pursue their passions and pursue their interests and have fun with us? So people often, especially, you know, women, especially often ask me, how do I get into this? How do I get to the singers? And I don't really have an answer for them because I didn't make it happen. It it happened to me. And I told you the story. Right. Um, What I would say is, you know, I like to tell the story about uh, there's a, you know, a a young violinist who, who came to, to audition for one of the, our greatest violinist, I don't remember the name of who it was, Heifetz or Perlman. Or, and uh, after the audition, the seasons, you know, the great violinist, I'm going to call him great violinist from now on because I don't remember the name. So he said, wow, you're amazingly talented. And the young violinist said, oh, so should I pursue this career, this profession? Does it pay for me to, to go into this? So the great violinist said, no, I, I, don't, think, I don't think it pays for you. I, I don't think you should pursue this. And he, uh, the young violinist left music, went into business or whatever it is. And many years later, he met the great violinist again. And the great violinist said, oh, I remember you. You were so talented. Uh, and this uh, now ex-violinist said, really? So why did you tell me that it didn't pay for me to continue? And the great violinist said, because you asked the question. If it was really part of you, it was really your passion, you wouldn't ask mm. if it paid. So what I would say is anyone out there, if you have the passion and the love, just do it because, because it's in you. When I was 14, 15, 16, writing songs, and our school had a lot of songwriting, and, and it was part of, you know, it was, it was part of our, our school experience, and I was not one of the songwriters of my, of my class. Mm. And I remember watching my best friend once on a trip. She, she was the songwriter of our class, and and we were singing her songs, and I remember thinking, what does it feel like when people sing your songs? I was looking at her face and wow. trying to read her emotions. And that was, it wasn't me, you know? They weren't singing my songs. And I kept writing, and I kept composing, and I kept pushing myself to do it. And there was no earthly reason for me to do that. None wow. at all. It was just, I needed to do it. I had to do it. That's crazy. So if you have the passion, just do it. And, and then whatever doors have to open up for you, I mean, you know, there's uh, we all have our paths in life and what a Baruch has mapped out for us. So do what you love to do, pursue your passion and totally. um, it'll take you wherever it takes you. 
Totally. So to answer your question, what you, you asked, you asked, you asked like, what, what does it feel like to be, to have people sing your songs? That was going to ask you on Sokis, you said you went to a concert with um, Shweki and Mordecai Shapiro and you're probably sitting in the yeah. audience, one of like a billion people. No one knows who you are sitting next to you and there, right. there they are singing <laughs> your songs and you're just, they're probably right. smiling, just like, wow, look at that. Isn't that cool? <laughs> Yeah, it's a really funny feeling because there's people all around me, you know, and I'm like thinking, hey, you guys, you don't even know. So then I I, I just gave into that little, you know, whatever. There's a a woman sitting behind me with two little girls. And I said, let's see what happens if I do this. And I turned around to her. I think it was while Yaka was singing in Benny's Tim. And I said, you know, I wrote this song. And her eyes opened wide. I said, and not just this one, but quite a few of the ones you heard tonight. They said, you know, I'm just telling you. (laughs) She was like, Oh, really? I said, yeah, I wanted to make someone's night. She says, I'm glad you chose me. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> and she turned to her husband and her kids, and she was, like, pointing at me. And it was just a funny experience. Um, That's funny. It was, it was fun, actually. Um, you know, so it's, it's yeah, it's, it's interesting. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah. It, you must, you must, it must be fun when people, when, when people are always wondering, wow, it's such a great song. You're like, yeah, well, I wrote that. And people are like, no. Yeah. And you're like, no, or did you really? I was at uh, actually at the Shweki Bar Mitzvah, and uh, and I, I I was there myself. So there was one very nice woman who came over to me and offered me to. She saw it with myself. She said, "Come sit with us." And she came once, and she came twice. She figured maybe I'm shy. I'm not taking her up on the invitation. I was really fine because it was <laughs> just an amazing event. And um, but eventually I did sit down next to her, and then we got to talking. And then it was, "Why are you here? Why are you here?" You know, that's always the question. And then I told her, and her eyes opened wide. And she said, and I was nice to you, and I didn't even know who you were. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. That was also an amusing experience. That's really funny. I'm sure there was great entertainment yeah. at that bar mitzvah. Well, we had a very great entertainer. <laughs> oh, my. So, well, yeah. well, there you go. That, that's great. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. This is cool. I, I, I'm, I'm so happy that we had you on the show. I'm, I'm getting to know more in depth, more, more things within the Jewish music world by having, by having people like you. And last week we had another composer on the show. Well, last time we did the show, we had another composer, Rabbi Yossi Lohenbron. Mm-hmm. And we're learning. Right, who I, by the way, I also worked with. Really? Um, I wrote, yeah, I wrote this song. Uh, I think it was like called An Extra Heart. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, that was, that, yeah that's the song yeah. he just um, put out. Um, <laughs> Lee, um, Billy B. Yeah. My so, uh, yeah. So I, 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 I actually listened to part of that podcast and I understand he tweaked the song to make it, you know, have more like general appeal, but, um, whenever it was, uh, yeah, yeah we worked on that song. Very cool. See, small world, mm-hmm. small Jewish world. Very. Here. So, yeah, well, yeah, ours is a small world altogether and the music world is also, you know, we all kind of touch upon each other. And yeah. know each other. Yeah. Well, this is this is the whole goal of our show. We're trying to give people an even better perceptive perspective of the Jewish music and entertainment industry. Uh, Miriam, it was seriously an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. I, I I always say this at the end of every show. You can find their music at here, here, and here. But we can pretty much find Miriam's music anywhere because wherever there, <laughs> wherever Jewish music is sold, wherever your favorite artists are putting out albums, you'll find Miriam's, Miriam's music. But Miriam, um, where can we find your personal music? 
where can people find you mentioned that will that you can call you up and book you for a performance how can people get in touch with you if they're interested in hearing your music or getting a download or an album or how do people find you meaning what meaning me singing there, there's you the only way to hear me singing is to hear me singing live you singing I'm not recorded anywhere or buying your CD. Oh, you don't have any CDs or anything. I have two CDs out. Um, they were distribu- distributed by Mostly Music. Okay. I have no idea if there's anything left in stock. And it's, it's it, yeah, it's my music, my songs, really my songs, my compositions and my lyrics. Okay. Um, it, they were in Mostly Music, so I guess that's the place to, you know, to check first. It's, it's been well. a while. <laughs> I'd love to, to actually... It would be a tremendous experience for me to get that music out there again because in spite of the fact that it's a not commercial, I think that it, it, goes, it does penetrate the heart. So I'd love a, another shot at getting that out there. Cool. So there you have yeah. it, guys. There you have it, folks. Mm-hmm. Check Mostly Music um, for, for getting into some of Miriam's music, some of her albums. And again, you can find it where if you're looking for any any of Miriam's songs that she's written, you can definitely find them in pretty much every single Jewish music store, mostly music everywhere that you could possibly find. So again, Miriam, it was an absolute honor and a pleasure to have you on the show this week. I really, really learned a lot. At, at one point, I, when you were telling me that story, I actually had a tear in my eye. I am not making this up. Yeah, um, yeah I know. And I, I know. And actually, I, I also, you know, the honor and, and the pleasure really are, are all mine. I, I'm very flattered that you contacted me and, um, Whoever's listening to this, I'm, I'm, you know, glad you're listening to it, and it's nice to be part of one big um, musical family. That's right. That's right. Wonderful. So, Miriam, again, it was a pleasure. We wish you well, Batslacha, and everything you're doing. And for again, you can always find Miriam's music on Mostly Music. We have we'll have her contact information in the show notes for anybody who's looking to book Miriam for a performance, both here in Israel or abroad. Um, she does travel. She loves to travel. Um, and you can, you can help her out with that. Uh, so it's a pleasure and we wish you luck. And remember, go Simcha. Thank you so much. You've just listened to another wonderful episode of Go Simcha the Podcast. For more news, updates, and information on our next episode, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram at Go Simcha Live. And don't forget to check out the show notes and videos on www.gosimcha.com along with zeradio.com. Thanks for listening, and remember, Go Simcha!